Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards, where our goal is to help you increase your leadership capacity. Let's get ready for today's episode. Welcome to the Leadership Roundtable, a podcast with Dr. Conway Edwards. Um, we are here today to talk with you. We're so grateful every time we get to get together. Um, we're going to talk about how we can always expand our leadership capacity. And today we're here to talk about the subject of how to add or how to hire great people on your team. So as we jump into this, we also want to remind you, go to our webpage, visit1cc.com slash leadership roundtable, where you can download notes and resources that we share today. Now, um, one of the biggest questions we get that you get is, how do we add great people to our team? It's usually someone saying, I need to ha hire some great people. I need to add some great people. What do I do to do that? Yeah, well, in leadership, um, I've said it maybe a hundred times now, that all the leadership starts with a problem. And from a problem, then you have to have the right person who then inspires the right people to accomplish whatever the purpose is. So the, the problem in a leadership uh, forum is always either, one, you don't know the problem, two, the leader is the problem, three, the team is the problem, or how you hire them is the problem, which is why this is so critical to leaders. You either either have a great team and everybody around your campfire is red hot on fire and ready to go, or you don't have that. And if you don't, it's because you fail to bring the right people alongside you, or you fail to manage them well or inspire them well, or you did not set a vision compelling enough that they felt that they had room at your table to thrive. That is why how to get the right people on the team, how to get the wrong people off the team, it becomes such a critical topic for all of leadership at whatever level you are, whether it is the lowest level, operationally, strategically, conceptually, executive, strategic, or operational level, same thing. The right people around you becomes critical. So, Pastor Matt, where do you want to jump in? Well, you just gave the whole podcast, right? That was a summary <laughs> of the whole thing right there. Um, I think really where I think the best place to start is before we can even talk about hiring the right people is having a healthy team in place beforehand. Absolutely. And the importance of having a healthy team. Yeah. Um, if the team is not healthy, then anybody you bring on the team, clearly what would happen then is that the whole, you're just adding to unhealth. So the first question is, as a leader, are you in the pursuit of health? Uh, it's never a static thing. You're always uh, vacillating in and out of health. So are you in the pursuit of it? Do you know what it looks like? And when you do, how do you do your very best to maintain that leadership health? In other words, do the right people are the right people on the team? Do they know their gifts and abilities? Are they operating at the at the optimal level? In other words, the people that you have on the team, are they really red hot on fire for the vision? Are they really red hot on fire for their families? Are they really red hot on fire for the Lord Jesus Christ himself? And if they are, then you're moving in the direction of a healthy team. So now you don't have one person that's a number 10 and the other person that's a number four, but you have people that are all at the same level trying to get better. And so you begin the process of thinking about team health. So Pastor Matt, yes, yeah. I think that's vital to the process. So what what I've heard you say, you, you once a piece of fruit or an apple goes sour or rotten, you can't make it sweet again. My God. And I, I know also, once once there's a, a rotten apple in an orchard, 
it t- they have to get rid of it because it can make all of the rest of the apples go rotten. Absolutely, which is why it's so critical to identify um, if there's any unhealth around you. If there's anybody that love their own personal vision more than the team vision. Mm-hmm. If there's anybody around you that's trying to make a name for themselves individually. If there's anybody around you that secretly don't like where you're going, secretly don't like somebody on the team, secretly wish somebody wasn't there because all of that affects the team and somebody coming in from the outside can easily identify that that somebody is not really fully bought in and obviously we know this that once the enemy finds somebody Mm -hmm. that is fleshly he will use that person to create division on the team so you have to look for that early and make sure that the team is moving in the right direction it's called a staff infection come on now come on (laughs) now i love it it's a staff infection it's contagious and we've got to guard against that and have a healthy team and you've already mentioned most of these but um, having a team where health is important where we provide regular feedback um, having regular development training and then really right here if there's a concern um, do we address it or do we sweep it under the rug? You bet you. By the way, remember you can always follow along with the guide. So whenever you, whenever you have some time, just go to the show notes, click on it, and you'll have a full designed system that you can use as well. Uh, one of the issues people usually talk about health with Pastor Matt is is work life balance. <laughs> right. uh-huh. That's always a big one. Yep. And uh, I love talking about this because some people are afraid of it. And my 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 simple. Uh, formula that I used to say is if your family always wins and the church always loses or the nonprofit or the business always loses, Mm -hmm. then you probably won't contribute to a healthy team. Uh, When someone says, well, what do you mean? I thought the family was first. Yeah, the family is your priority, but the family can't always win, just like Jesus' family didn't always win. And there are times when the mission becomes more important than that. Uh, But if the family always loses or loses Mm -hmm. more, then now you have a problem that you have to address. But if the mission always loses as well, you do have a problem that you choose to address as well because then then they're not sold out to the mission. So it's the tension of the two that you always have to balance as you go forward. Okay, you just talked really fast there. Is that right? Yeah, because I know that's what you're passionate about. You, oh, I am. You've I got really a am. unique grasp on what that looks like and just how does that play out in church? Yeah, so in church, usually you usually have one of the two extremes, right? Where somebody usually is saying, hey, man, I am all in for my family. My family is first. I'm not doing anything. If the rest of the family don't want to do it, I won't do anything. And they go into I won't. Once you get into that uh, level, then you have now created options where people will say, I won't because they won't too. And now you have this weakness in the whole team where the enemy, I think, wins. Now what you say is, hey man, where's the tension now? Is the tension on the ministry side? Is the tension on the family side? And what do you need? Do you need a little more room on the family side because there's some tensions there or you need to be proactive so there are not tensions there? Mm-hmm. Then I'm all in for that. Let's make sure the family's on one page and on the same page and let's make sure the family's all in for the mission that God called us to. And then on the flip side, if somebody's all into the family but not into the mission, then their skills and abilities are usually waning. Then their their motivation and passion is usually waning. And you want to make sure that we're managing what we're doing to love um, who God's called us to love and then what we're doing to accomplish the mission that he's calling us to do. And you live in the tension. It's not that one always wins and the other always loses. So once we have a healthy team, then we can start looking at 
um, how to add to that team, how to yeah. hire well. What are some of the some of the things that we have on how to hire well? Five aspects we're looking for. Number one, um, we cannot just skate past this. But number one is, do they fit theologically? Absolutely. In our current culture, you've got people on the way Pentecostal side and then the way the legalistic side. So you got to make sure that they fit you theologically. Yeah. Now, everything doesn't have to line up perfectly, but you've got to make sure that you are aligned on the major things. Like, for example, Jesus. You got to make sure there's one. alignment there. Yeah. And then you got to make sure that there's nothing that they are, they, they are so um, beholden to that they don't want to let go. And so once you get through that, then I think you're heading in the right direction. But theologically is a big one yeah. because if they want to be more expressive in their worship experience and the church doesn't or vice versa, you just got to make sure they have a long-term fit in the organization. Yeah, and, and deciding ahead of time, what are the things that we really hold with a closed fist and what are mm -hmm. the things we're okay um, not being as firm on? And number two on here is, are they a good cultural fit in DNA? Are they going to fit on the team? Is there going to be chemistry? Oh my God. Yeah, culture is a big one. Uh, you should have set your culture, what you celebrate, who thrives in your culture. Uh, we've done a, another podcast on that before, but you really do need to ask, Will they fit? One of ours is we have a certain cadence to our ministry. And mm -hmm. if they won't, if they can't fit that cadence or if their lifestyle that they're currently living doesn't fit that cadence, then it's just not a good fit. And you have to receive it, believe it, and 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 walk in that. And you really do have to make sure that you're not trying to force somebody into a situation that it really will only end up hurting you later on because it costs more when you hire the wrong person than to leave a messy situation until you find the right leader. That's good. And then um, do they do they match the personality of the ministry? I want to ask you, what is the personality of one community church? <laughs> so I believe um, as a body of believers, we're, we strive to be um, not superstars, but really try to be servants. That's a big deal. If, mm -hmm. if, if you want your name to be out, if you care about your own stuff all the time and making sure that things are thriving and all of that, then, then you're probably not going to work. If you want to be seen all the time, if you want to always have the microphone all the time, if you always, any of that, it, it, it just is not going to work because we're going to think that you want to be a star too passionately and you don't just want to serve. So we, 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 we try to remind people there's nobody big here, everybody's little, and that we're not stars here, we're simply servants. Obviously, that's what Jesus sought to do, so we're trying to follow him in that area as well. But there are multiple different areas, which is where you have to ask, who thrives in this culture? Who thrives with this, with this kind of a church, and will they come in here and add value, or will they try to lead us in a different direction, no matter what the ministry area is? And some of that is going to demand discipleship. You've got to determine if that is a core belief of the person mm -hmm. or just a preference that they have now. If it's a core belief, then I wouldn't hire them. If it's a preference and you think discipleship can help that, then I would always be in for the development part of it. Yeah, and then, I mean, the cultural fit, the DNA fit, the mm -hmm. personality, that's all good and well, mm -hmm. but ultimately there's a mission to get done, and right. you're looking for a certain skill set as well. Don't yep, and, and the, the challenge there is you want people who have the gifts and abilities to pull this off, but, but if you're hiring from within, oftentimes 
We have a tendency to go after loyalty. We have a tendency to go after people who have who 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 we like and we like yeah. hanging around. And both of those can get us in trouble because if they don't have the right skill, you have just lowered the people at your campfire, the people at your circle, and because you did everybody attached to them will be inefficient and ineffective because you lowered the bar to get one of your friends to come on your team. Mm. And the last one on here is looking for the chemistry factor. And I want to ask you a specific question Mm -hmm, mm because we talked about the skills, the culture, all of those things. Chemistry, um, a lot of times it's good, and I've heard you say you want to take somebody we're considering hiring out to eat. Yep. And not to ask them interview questions, but what are the little subtleties that you learn from chemistry um, just being around someone and seeing how they act in another environment. Yeah, you, you want to catch people off guard. Um, just like when you're dating somebody, people have a tendency to perform. Mm-hmm. Uh, in hiring somebody, people have a tendency to perform because they want the job. They, they, they want to date you. They want to they wanna marry you and so on and so forth. So you've got to look for things that catch them off guard. And so when you, when you go to eat with them, you bring you ask them to bring their spouses if they're married. If they're not, just come. And then you just look how they treat people around them. You just look how they're talking to the, to the, the waiter or the waitress. You just look how they mm-hmm. open doors or don't open doors. Look for just the regular things that you get them out of their performance yep. to good. do. And once you see it, you got to blow it up big. Because it will really tell the true story. Obviously, you look at their social media. Obviously, it, all of that tells a picture, right? But what you're really after is, who is this person really? And sometimes, you've got to catch them out of character to see who they really are. So I like to, um, I like to ask the, the beforehand the waitress to do some intriguing things, uh, to, to upset them a little bit, just to see what happens. I like to ask um, if, if, if Jada is with me to ask her to ask some questions that are not comfortable questions to ask, just to see how they will respond and how they, how they will react. So, for example, I'll tell you one. I love to hear um, and ask the question, hey, tell me, tell me a failure you have in the last three months. Tell me something that you messed up in. And for most places, they want you to be, man, I messed up, but I made it through. What I want to see is I messed up, it was really bad, and you linger in that place and be okay with it, not trying to impress the person that you're talking to, but realizing that God was doing a work in you. That's way more powerful to me than you try to tell me, here's what happened, but I broke through and God delivered. I want to hear, how do you sit in the well sometimes, realizing that there's no solution to this one, because that happens Mm. in life more than anything else. Wow. Okay, deep breath. <laughs> That's big. Um, now, I want to ask you this question, because when we're talking about hiring and looking at all the different fits, um, we have two choices when we're talking to someone. Sometimes we can either choose to look for somebody who's kind of next-gen, who represents potential, mm-hmm. or someone who's got um, overqualification. They've got all the capacity in them already. Um, how do you manage the tension of looking for somebody who needs some work versus somebody who's already arrived? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the, the, the challenge there is it depends on the level that you're inviting them into. So the higher the level, the more you want somebody, I believe, that has proven track record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you get into your executive, the more you want somebody like that. When you're getting into the strategic and the operational level of ministry of business, I, I prefer to have somebody that is potential. And the reason I do 
is because those who have learned the lessons already have a tendency to be unbendable and to be arrogant because I know it. I know what I'm doing. I can pull this off. And they usually create more drama than you want. <laughs> the people that have potential, you if, if they trust you and believe in you, you can develop them to become superstars. And they are usually more hungry and not as arrogant. So what I try to do is look for people who have great potential but also have the commensurate skills to pull off what you need them to pull off. And they're teachable and they're fathered. So let me talk about fathering a little bit. Uh So fathering is a huge deal because if they have not been fathered, that means they don't know how how to receive a no. If they have not been fathered well, it means they don't know how to deal with I brought my best idea in the room and you shut it down and I'm now in my feelings and I have to go home. A fathered person hears that, brings the best idea, the leader shut it down and they go home, cry to their, in their pillows, come back the next day and say, okay, here's my next best idea. Somebody who hasn't been fathered, they goes home, they cry and then they blame the person who shut them down and make them the villain and the wicked person, which is why they oftentimes um, kill ministries and suppress great leaders because they don't know how to deal with a no. It's huge. I promise you it is. All right, what else you got? Now, um, when we look at hiring, because uh, that's one another question you get, we get a lot is, how do we hire? How, it's not working hiring um, next generation people, younger people. Um, so what is the what's the secret if there is one to hiring this new generation that's got a whole different set of values? Yeah. So if you're hiring um, the next gen, younger, um, way more purposeful, way more passionate, way more creative, then I believe there are at least three or four different things you should prioritize. Number one, I think you have to make sure you have the time to develop them as leaders. If you don't have the time to develop them as leaders, then you're going to give them stuff to do and leave them alone, and ultimately it hurts you and it hurts the organization. Number two, not only develop, I think they need to be discipled, which means now you're spending a lot of time, which is why you've got to make sure you're picking the ones with the most potential because you're going to spend time pouring into them, giving them your time, and they're not going to value it because they're going to think, I deserve this because that's how the generation has a tendency to think. I deserve this, what you're supposed to do. If you're not doing this, I don't want to be near you. And it's all self-centered. But if they if they really have the right heart, then you can pour that time into them knowing that their job is to pour it into the next generation. And so, number one, you look for development. Number two, you look for do they want to be discipled. And then number three, you look for and you give them. Here it is now. You, If they have earned it, mm-hmm. You give them opportunities to do something that they want to do that's not necessarily related to the church, but you let them thrive in it as long as they know the boundaries thereof because they usually have their own thing that they want to do in the age of side hustles. Everybody want to have a side hustle. So you've got to facilitate some of that as you go, as long as they know the boundaries and they have earned the right through performance and through respect and honor to earn the right to give them enough and they receive it as a privilege knowing not to overstep their bounds. I think it's huge, but I think it's very delicate. And sometimes if you start with that, it can become an entitlement and then they spend more time working on that 
versus working on the assignment that you're paying them for. That's really good. My um, God. That's really good. You've got to really sit and wrestle with those three points on hiring the next generation. Now, before we close out this topic, um, we've got five last things to remember My God. Um, when we're hiring someone. Number one, I'm going to throw these at you. Yep, come on. we got five of these. Number one, you must be clear with your expectations and values from the start. Can you talk about clarity? Jesus. Woo, this one's rough. Oftentimes, we just want people on the team, but we're not crystal clear. We haven't painted a picture of what it's going to look like to work here, what it's going to look like when you're doing your job to the best of your abilities, what it's going to look like when you're executing at the level you want them to execute that. And if you don't do it, then you let them come up with their own vision. And if you do, they're taking their vision from the culture yeah. and bringing it into the church. And now they're trying to do their own thing. And it's all because we did not say, this is what a normal week looks like. This is what a the, the attitude and spirit of the work team looks like. This is what interacting with other people on the team looks like. And you make it clear. Recently we just did, and we can put this in the show notes, the 11 things we expect or kids and student ministry mm -hmm. leaders to be doing. And you just have to paint it clear so they know what matters most because just because it's in your mind does not mean it will be in theirs. Every single time. Now, number two on here says a candidate at some time goes from you checking them out to they're checking you out. My God. Uh, this is before you hire them and this is after you hire them. So you're checking them out to see if they're the right fit. Um, but then they're checking you out to see if they can thrive in your organization or in your church. Uh, but then after you hire them, the, you're still checking them out to see if they are, see if they are ready for the next level. But they're also still checking you out to see how far can they go within this organization. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. what our culture, what's happened in our culture is we have become, um, because of our country, individualistic. Because of our country now entrepreneurial so everybody does not want to wait the time it took their parents yeah. to get where they are so they want to get there much faster much quicker so they're looking for opportunities to do it now remember one of the fruit of the spirit is is patience so one of the things you have to disciple them in realizing is just because the culture says you should get it now and you should have a your way now one of the discipleship um pillars ought to be that when you're walking in the spirit you're not looking to have success overnight but you're looking to be patient enough yep. so that your character can be developed so that when you have the success you can handle the success but most people don't think about that they're just thinking about how do i get it as fast as i can because all my other friends are thriving in what they do and yet still it seems like we're not so we're being held back which means you're being conformed to the world and not being transformed by the renewing that's of your really mind. That's really good. That's really good. Um, number three, this one's big. Recruiting cost is one thing. Jesus. But sideways energy and the cultural hit you take and the loss of trust uh, is what is really bad, is really the, the cost of a bad hire. Yeah, and it really, really is. And here, here's why, especially in our church um, where where we really give you ministry. There, 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 there's some churches that don't. You have to dot all these I's and cross all these T's to get there. But from day one at our church, we say, hey, man, here are the people you're responsible for. You go impact them for the glory of God, which means we are giving you authority immediately to go and take 200 people, whatever it is, yep. and pour into them and them uh, have affinities and affections toward you. Well, the problem with that is if you pick the wrong person, now when you have to remove them, now you have 200 people that are mad at you 
Now you have sideways energies and you have to fight them to be on the same page. And it will cost you so much more if you have to remove them because you didn't do due diligence on the hiring process. It is huge. Make sure you have the right person before you bring them in your organization and give your people to them. And by the way, they will never, rem they will never remember that you granted them the authority mm -hmm. and transferred your influence for them. They'll never remember that. They think they deserve it, which is why you have to make sure the person has the right heart, the right mind, and loves the Lord their God and will, is willing to be surrendered under your leadership. Yeah. Sideways energy is a huge cost. Uh, we've got two more. Number yeah. four on here is you need to be able to say no to someone that looks great on paper, oh. um, yeah. or you might hit it off perfect, oh, but you've got to take the long view. Just because they look great on the resume, this is the hardest. You might need to say no. This is the hardest one. Here it is. Um, just because they look great, just because they're they're wooing everybody where they are now, doesn't mean they can come to your organization and thrive. Number one, you need to make sure you know what makes them successful in their org the organization that they're coming from. So if they don't have, if they have an administrator and two uh, uh, supervisors that are working with them and really the supervisors are crushing it, then they, you'll bring them in thinking that's the one. But you need to bring their whole team yeah. if they're going to thrive here. So you got to really, really, really look and ask the question, what's making that person successful? And then number two, you got to make sure that the freedoms they had over there, they're going to have over here and that you're, you're comparing apples and oranges and not just... Man, they're great over there. Let's bring them over here. <laughs> yeah. Because you will find a rude awakening when the person under them Every was doing time. most of the work or they have to have five people on staff for them to thrive and you're not going to give them five and so on and so forth. Now, I, we'll save the, this last one. This is probably your favorite. All right, let's hear it. Uh, don't be tempted to just throw a staff member at a problem or think someone's better than no one, find the right problem. Maybe this is called hiring in a crisis. Um, <laughs> That's it. We've never messed up on this. Oh, I mean, so many times. And I hope you, I'm so glad you said that. I hope you know that most of this is lessons we've learned because we've, we've done all of these incorrectly. And so now we're trying to uh, do better and hire better because of that. So on that one, my tendency is to find somebody that I think can pull it off and just dump them in there and say, let's learn as we go. Um, my problem is I like projects. I like to hire people that are not that good because I overestimate how good I am and think I can develop anybody, I can train anybody, I right. can make anybody into a leader. Well, I can't. And, I've, and it took me a long time to learn that. So now I have to see that what, they, what I'm asking them to do, either they have done or they have the trajectory to pull it off. Now I have to ask more questions. Now I have to make a whole team make the decision and not just me alone to remove my bias of trying to help people get to where God's calling them to be. That, you, you can't say enough about this because everybody listening knows the feeling of somebody's left or I have a hole on my team I'm doing double the work to cover. Yep. I've got to get this whole field yep. filled. Yep. And you want to get it filled quickly because the pressure is still on you. And so your tendency is to say, let me just get it filled. Oof. Okay, they got it now. Or, or 
you're embarrassed that nobody is there and that it takes so long to find somebody. So now people are going to start and say, nobody wants to work here, so let me just get somebody in quickly. And so all of those issues um, kind of come together and creates pressure for you to hire yeah. the person, and it's usually the wrong person that you hire. Now, I do want to ask one bonus question. All right, not on the resource today. All right. Um, there's something I've heard that you do. Um, in other words, when you're thinking of who to hire, who to fill a position, that you might already be thinking about that before it ever happens. <laughs> um, so I have a tendency to observe people in regular life. I love to just watch them, watch how yeah. they carry themselves, how they interact with people. Um, one of my mentors taught me, just look for the people who are holding court in your presence. Just look for the people who they're talking and everybody else is listening around them. So I usually like to identify people like that. And then I, I like to go up to somebody and say, I don't know when. It might be a year. It might be five years. I don't know when, but you're going to be on staff here one day. And the reason I do it is because they have all the intangibles that make a great leader. Your job is to find the right role for them and then give them the opportunity to lead. And since I know at some point everybody leaves an organization, uh, my, one of my mentors told me that too, I always have to be looking for the next generation, not only in our intentional pipeline, but from people who yeah. just regular attend church that I just see, they're crushing it as a volunteer, and I just know this person one day should be on our team. We need to find the right spot for them when a whole becomes or a position becomes available. I yeah. love it. I love it. I love it. I love and it. And just looking at your inner circle and wondering because it, it doesn't even have to be somebody quitting. It could be uh, a tragedy in the family. Mm -hmm. It could be a sickness. It That's could right. be who knows what. And not waiting until it happens, but thinking always or regularly, who if one of my top five go. Who am I going to have there? And it could be one of those people you're talking about. A hundred percent. Yes, absolutely. And uh, and again, remember, the people around your campfire are the most important people to you. Because if they're not red hot on fire, anybody that follows them won't be either. So just make sure. every If you have five people around your campfire, all five of them are red hot on fire for Jesus. Because if they're not, the organization, the ministry begins to leak and it will not get better until that person is removed. Yeah, this is this is all the secrets to hiring and building a great team that will last, that will be a long-term team, not just a short-term team. And um, we well, 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 I don't know if it's secrets. It's just what we've learned so far. <laughs> all right? I don't know about no secrets. That's what the it's handout what, says. Is that what? Okay. <laughs> but it's, it's what we've learned. Yeah, well, no. <laughs> let's cross that out. It's what we've learned so far. And we hope what... Lessons learned. What lessons learned. We hope that what's, what's helped us along the way, we hope it will help you too. <laughs> we hope this helps. And you can start evaluating and planning now. This is a great resource that you can download online. Visit 1cc.com slash leadership roundtable. And want to encourage you to just take some time working through this with your team that hires, your team that adds. Anybody that develops people on your team, this would be a great tool. Now, again, we want to thank you for joining us for this episode. Um, we're grateful that you're here. And, you know, if this has blessed you, please go out and share it. Leave a great review. Um, let us know how this has blessed you. And we want to, again, thank you for joining us. We cannot wait to see you again next month. But wait. You don't, please, 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 don't forget. There's more. There's more. <laughs> Why? Because we have a conference coming up, Climb Leadership Conference. 
in January, last weekend. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be incredible. And I promise you, the lineup this year is a better lineup than we've ever had. You don't want to miss it. Pastor Matt, tell them where to go. We, we, can't, we can't even tell you who's coming right. because um, it, would, it would overflow. So go to <laughs> climb-conference.com, climb-conference.com. You can see all the details. You can go ahead and register. You can bring your team here. This is not just for senior pastors. Absolutely this is for the not. whole leadership team, for anybody who wants to develop as a leader. 16, be Matt. 16 breakout sessions. 16 tracks. I don't even know where we're going to put have all about of them. four breakout That's sessions. That's exactly right. 16, so, ladies that, and gentlemen. 64 breakout sessions? Oh, my God. Where are we going to put all them people? Anyways. We don't know. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Just go register. Make sure you come. Do not come alone. If you're coming alone, stay home. You need to come with your team. Don't come by yourself. <laughs> come with a team of people who will go to these sessions, learn, and then as a team, you can take it back and grow together. Come on, man. That's right. Let's make it happen. We want to see you at the conference. Thank you again for joining us today. We'll see you next month. God bless you. Love you guys. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. It has been an honor to have you here with us. Now, just want to remind you that all of the resources we talked about today are available online at visit1cc.com slash Leadership Roundtable. Now, if this has been helpful, leave us a review, go out there and hit subscribe, and more importantly, share this with your team so that everybody can grow. We can't wait to see you next time.